This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast, Derek and Eric here. How you I, doing, Eric? I'm good. How you doing? This is an episode made just for you. This is right in my wheelhouse. This is a music episode, Eric, for people who don't know, is our music, our in-house music expert. It's nice to have one of these around. These stories come up from time to time, and we're swimming in information, and Eric has it all categorized by filing Kinda. cabinet in his brain. But so. this is good because this is also a legal story, so this is your wheelhouse. Yeah, but the, but I'm not a legal expert, so. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> um, so, you just play one on TV. So here's the story. Dr. Dre, who's been in the news recently uh, via Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah. remember that whole episode? She came out walking, she put up a video of herself walking out of the elevator in Congress to the opening uh, chord progression from Still Dre. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, how could Dre allow her to use it? Dre said he didn't allow her to use it. He sent a nasty letter to her through his lawyer, Howard King, and said, I don't support you know hate mo- hateful speech and do your job in Congress. She's now backed down, which is an interesting code she, in this she whole story. She had to. She had legally no leg to stand on. Yeah, so she basically blinked. She first said, at first she said, well, I wouldn't post the lyrics to your song. I just like the chord progression because you're a hateful misogynist and an abuser. And then now she said, "Uh, please be advised, no further use of uh, Mr. Young, Dr. Dre's real name. Uh, Copyright will be made by a political committee or via social media outlets she controls. So they've backed (laughs) off. That saga is over. But but maybe not. There might be hope for her to get rights and permission to use his music. This is true. Because the big story is Dr. Dre is, is selling his music. Yep. Uh, this, there's a lot of legal complexity to this, but you've, you've heard of artists selling off their publishing catalogs, and yep. so publishing is like the, the rights to the music. The master recordings are the actual songs themselves. There, there's different layers of what you're selling as a songwriter, as a producer. Of course, Dr. Dre is both of those things, and an artist, so he has lots of stakes here. And he's prolific. selling off a giant chunk of, of his catalog for uh, around $200 million. It's fascinating. So so let's break down a little bit of, of how this is going to work, because Dr. Dre started his career as a member. I mean, he had some early stuff. Yeah, he had like, World Class Wrecking Crew. Wrecking yeah. Crew and NWA, uh, where he was a member of a band. So we'll talk about but the But also wrote and produced have, a lot there. But wrote and produced while there. We'll talk about what kind of rights he could have via uh, in music that was produced as part of that band. Then he had a solo career. The Chronic was one of the biggest albums of in rap history, sort of launched gangster rap in the 90s in, in, in big ways. So there's those rights. And then he has subsequently been a producer for other artists. So I want to talk about huge hits. Three in 50 sits in the club, Mary J. Blige's um, Family Affair, lots of classic Some massive Kendrick songs. Lamar songs. And he's got his own record label, Aftermath, of course. That's right. Uh, so he's selling off bits and chunks of things to two different uh, entities here. One is com- called Shamrock Holdings. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not familiar with that. The other one is UMG, that's Universal Music Group. Uh, so how we, how do we break this down? So, so, this so let's break, let, let's start with the three buckets. So, wh- how yeah. how would the music rights exist within a band that he was writing and producing songs for NWA? Uh, does Easy E do Ice Cube have well? That's rights he to can sell. Music? So, if Dr. Dre wrote an entire song, if, if if he wrote all the lyrics, the music, if it's if he's the sole songwriter, right. then he has the the songwriting rights to that. 
if say this you is know like pa- uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon owning sort of. rights to certain Beatles songs, yeah. even though Ringo and George were playing on them, they're the songwriters. They're the songwriters. Lennon they McCartney. get the writing royalties. They have the publishing on that. So if say you know Ice Cube or Eazy E's estate, like say they were accredited as songwriters, then Dre could sell his stake in it, mm-hmm. his part of it. He can't. He can't sell the other person's. If, if somebody else wrote the song, he can't sell their part of it. That's right. So if you buy Dre's rights to that, you make basically a chunk of his, his songwriting income there, and you have a say in how that song is used. That's it, right. Which now, means commercials, which means licensing it out to politicians who maybe want to slow motion walk out of an elevator. Yes. <laughs> so now, now, maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene, if, if Shamrock Holdings is open to it, maybe she can get that music back. Now, but. legally, there's some wrinkles involved with this. Let's say he's a co-writer with Q- Ice Cube, and you buy just Dre's stake. So on the income side of it, it's easy. You say, uh, the song generated a million dollars. You own 50% of the song. You get $500,000. Ice Cube yeah. gets the other $500,000. What's a little interesting is the use rights. So if Ice Cube has a different opinion about where this song should be licensed and where it should be used, yeah. be it political, be it a cause he cares about, uh, how it's used in a commercial, whether that's perceived as selling out, then those rights get complicated. Who has veto rights to say, no, don't and use it there if they're each 50% holders? That's the why contracts his, will lay that out. His solo stuff it has more value because you can get that outright. That's if he's right. the sole songwriter or he has his, you know, his producing credits, uh, if he There's owns no the publishing. Yeah, and it could be Dre could have had deals. If Say he wrote a song with an up-and-coming artist. He could buy out their chunk of it. That's right. That's and he right. could still have say over it even if there's another credited writer. <clears throat> so the thing, so this is basically all. A lot of this is is passive income to Dre, which right. I have to imagine at this point everything is passive income to Dre. Yeah. Uh, but so this is like like the streaming. If you own part of the publishing, so or if you own the master recordings, when the songs are streamed or licensed out, you make money off that, mm-hmm. and he will still get his chunk of his royalties. I, I guess. Uh, that's like ten million dollars a year for him. Right. We're talking which pe- is pennies nothing per click to on Spotify, but amounts to ten million dollars yeah. of just passive mailbox money, right? Because, because he has so music, many songs. He's got so many, so many times. There's so listened to still. So what is so what Dre is doing and what all these artists are doing now? You often see you know uh, older artists do this. Uh, yeah. Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen selling their catalogs, and the reason they do it is they want the cash up front. And yeah. the entities that are buying it say, "I've got a whole business plan. I'm going to bring back Bob Dylan songs. I'm going to put them in Mazda commercials. I'm going to put them in sure. movies." And they see the ten million dollars a year, and they say, "I could turn that into twenty million dollars a year with my business plan." So I'll give you two hundred million up front, and I'll monetize this over time and make a billion dollars over ten yeah. years. So everyone wins in the deal. And the, and the artist then, especially money. older artists, I, this sounds kind of morbid, but as you get closer toward the end of your life, then you can decide going ahead what's going to happen to your music after you're gone. That's right. There's not there's not legal wrangling and battles in the court. Like I sold the rights. This isn't you know this is taken care of. And it gives you some cover. Bob and you Dylan get to choose who has it. You get to choose who has it, but you also get to say. I sold it, so I'm not the sellout. I just got the yeah. money. What they're doing with my music is not something I necessarily signed on for. I can't really control it once I lose Which, the rights and sell them, so it gives them some coverage We just well. saw that because Neil Young, who sold his catalog, yes. was famously very protective of it and never would license it to commercials. Then a, a, copy, a, co- a cover of one of his songs by Beck was used in an ad that he then complained about, yeah. but y- you sold it. Hey, Neil, it's not yours anymore. Yeah. So Neil has the cover, but he also loses control, and some yeah. artists hate but that. But he also still gets paid. And he, gets, he got so his money. This, so lots of artists, this is the kind of the trend now. So the, the hierarchy of, of who sold for what. And, and again, this is because there's, there's publishing, there's the master recordings. Yeah, before we get to that, tell me what a master recording is. So that is, is the song the itself. Grail. That is, that yes. is the song. So if you own the publishing you could license it out like a cover of it for right. a for a film soundtrack or a commercial or something but you don't own the actual song itself right if you buy the master recording and the publishing that's the the full deal there you have everything you have final that's say it. 
and that's the most. And some artists will sell. They might sell their publishing, but keep the masters. They might sell the masters, but keep the publishing. It's right, and that can affect obviously the value of it. But so people who did everything, Bob Dylan sold everything. There you his go. songwriting, his recordings, five hundred million dollars. Unbelievable amount of money. Now people are too young to appreciate Bob Dylan, but he has a trove of yeah, songs he has that decades. He's very Not prolific. only things he's sung all along the Watchtower. The, yeah. mo- one of the most famous Jimi Hendrix songs is a Bob Dylan. Yeah, song. blowing in the wind. Uh, also, Bruce Springsteen, your favorite. $500 million, half a billion dollars for Springsteen and Dylan. They're the, the top of the heap there. All you really want out of Springsteen's catalog is a Manfred Mann song anyway. You want <laughs> Blinded, Blinded by, by the, the Light. light. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, $300 million. And this was a, okay. a nice package deal here. You got Phil Collins' solo career. Oh, the best. I'd Genesis. Have, I'd pay a billion for that alone. And a little bit of Mike and the Mechanics, because Mike Rutherford was a member of Genesis. So $300 million, you get Phil Collins and Genesis. So just a little sweetener on top, you get Living Years. Yeah, you, get, you get Silent Running. like Living. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Uh, some other people, huge chunks. David Bowie, uh, two hundred and fifty million. Sting and the Police combined, two hundred and fifty million. Yes. Uh, of younger artists, more recent, because the younger artists are starting to get in on this now. Justin Bieber, two hundred million. Unbelievable. Which is a very valuable catalog. Uh, other people, a little bit less of uh, current artists. Imagine Dragons, a hundred million. Okay. David Guetta, the DJ, a hundred million. Jason Aldean, country star, a hundred million. Um, some that kind of surprised me a bit. ZZ Top. What do you think their entire catalog went for? Oh, I'd give ZZ Top two hundred million. Fifty. Fifty. Fifty what million. What a bargain! We should have bought it. <laughs> you got Come fifty million. <laughs> yeah, you do forty nine million nine hundred ninety nine. We'll I still can't. No, hundred thousand. I couldn't do. Yeah. Uh, the one that Sharp shocked dressed, me. Man? This one. This one bothered me. You'll be a little upset about this. Uh, an artist. It's their entire catalog up to nineteen ninety four, which is the up bulk of what you want. Okay. Huey Lewis in the news. Oh wow. Huey Lewis, by the way, in the 80s. I mean, gigantic power of love from uh, from Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, I would say Huey Lewis probably getting at least uh, 150. $20 million. That's insane to me. I, I would think just the power of love, or I want a new one of those songs. I would say twenty. But and the songs are so commercial too; they were used yeah. in movies, and there's a high degree of nostalgia for them. They are sort of timeless classics. But you know, I I've can't looked imagine. Huey's streaming numbers not that great. Ah, but I think he's he's hmm. a couple of, of commercials away from people discovering his catalog. Um, let me let me point out one thing that so when Bob Dylan sells his catalog, you get this huge you know number like five hundred million. Yeah. And I think the reason is Bob Dylan's basically done. I mean, he still writes, he still yeah. collects awards, but he's in his eighties now. I believe, yeah, and, you and know, yeah, he his, does still new new albums, but th- those albums are not. Nobody's going to pay twenty million dollars yeah. for a brand new Bob Dylan album. They're vanity. Projects it's it's the catalog point. you want, and it's the unreleased tracks from the sixties, seventies, even right. up into the eighties. That's the stuff you want. But Imagine Dragons is still a band that produces. So when they sell for a hundred million, well, they, they sold say, up like, to right right now. Anything so, going forward is theirs. That's right. So they could do this again. I mean, we look yeah. at this in like baseball when someone signs a hundred million dollar contract. Sometimes it's when they're 
35 and then that's their last contract. It's yeah. $100 million till the end. They retire a very wealthy person. Some of them are good enough to, in their 20s, sign one of those contracts. And by the time they turn 30 after a 10-year contract, they're really in their prime yeah. and, and, and build out a whole new $500 million contract. That may be the case with Imagine Dragons. Imagine oh, Dragons Justin Bieber. I mean, $200 million. Bieber's another one. Sure, but he's still cranking out hits. Yes. So I don't know if that's a... You know everything up till now and going forward, or if you just got up to a certain point and everything after is his again. It's unclear. I mean, he he now has retirement money. There's no pressure to produce in the same way once yeah. you monetize the. Bulk which he's of not your even catalog. thirty yet. Which right. how great is that? But, but he's got generational wealth. He's married yeah. to a beautiful woman. He may just sort of slow down, and that could be an indication that he's like, I just want a pot of cash and to slow down. Or it may be I'm done with that, and I'm going to produce my yeah. next five hundred million. I want that next challenge. So it, it, it's interesting to me the economics of it, given the age of the various people yeah. on this. List. And, and for some older artists, this is the real cash in because if yes. they'd had a deal, say, you know, if somebody was big, you know, in, in their teens and 20s, in the 70s and 80s, 60s even, the record label, depending on the deal they had at the time, lots of these artists don't own their master recordings. Right. They don't always own their publishing. And so if you, you know, crank out hits for decades and you make nothing off of it because the label's getting paid, right. when you get older, then you can re- renegotiate and buy back your catalog and then you can sell it. And so you're, these, some of these people are just cashing in. In their 70s. That's right. That's right. They weren't making a ton of money all along. Now, I want to circle back to this big issue with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Because the timing, look, these deals are so complicated with Shamrock and UMG. (laughs) They were negotiated beforehand. I mean, there's no... no, Obviously, this didn't happen in a week. However, it raises an interesting issue. He was very upset, and he tiss-tissed when Marjorie Taylor Greene used his music. It went viral, and then he sort of sent letters saying, stop doing that. He'll lose that right to do that, assuming Still Dre is one of the songs he's selling, and and I'm sure it is. They're buying the good songs. So yeah, if you're paying two hundred million (laughs) dollars, you're getting you're getting that song. You're getting the good songs. Okay, so now if nothing but a G thing sort of plays on, uh, you know, George Santos's Twitter or something, (laughs) (laughs) nothing but a George, nothing but a George thing. Exactly. Let's say he he co-ops it. Now Dre, assuming these deals close can't really say with any forcefulness, how dare you, but he'll still say it. So, he, so here's what will yeah. happen is George Santos will use the song. Dre doesn't <clears> own the rights to it, but all the news outlets when it's used will say, Dre, what do you think of this? Because they're not going to call Shamrock and say, hey, Shamrock, what do you think of this? You're yeah. the title holder of yeah. nothing but a G thing. They'll call Dre. And what Dre will say is, I hate it. He'll say whatever I don't approve wants. of this. I don't approve of this. But how he, dare so, he? That's my art. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's the but thing. That's so the right to stop him now. The Marjorie Taylor Greene thing. So when he sent the legal cease and desist, he could do that. Yes. And she had to take it down legally because he owns the copyright right. and she technically violated his copyright claim. When he doesn't own that that copyright, if if you know, if UMG or Shamrock or whoever is like, sure, you can do it. Right. Now contractually he can try to protect this. Is that he can say in a deal that he's negotiating with Shamrock and UMG, you may not use these, you may not sell these to a political action committee or something yeah. of the, that nature. But anytime you Right in a contract, you can't use it in this way. All you do is open up avenues to say, you're okay, devaluing. What, you're devaluing what, they, what first. they're paying You're going to get less money because now you've now closed off an income stream, and you're also allowing opportunities to say, well, I'll sell it to a person rather than a, yeah. a political action committee. You create ways when you paper it uh, for people to work around it. That's what I'm sort of yeah. trying to say is like, okay, no political action committee, so I won't sell it to the PAC, but I'll sell it directly to George Santos or something like that, or license but, it directly. It, but again, and it's hard to control what he can try. Yeah, he, he can try that, I suppose. He will lose a lot of control. If you wanted to, but it's value. If you're yeah, if you're if you're the one buying this 
you don't want to still give him some sort of say. The point That's is right. you're buying the rights to do what you want with it. Free and clear, we call it. When you buy yeah. a house, you want to buy it free and clear of all claims, liens, and encumbrances. That's just legalese to mean I don't want to have to fight any battles. You give me everything you own, and if I get sued down the road, I won't come after you. It's just my problem yeah, now, well, and it's no longer your problem. That's why sales have that language. Well, that's what we say. It's like with that with the house, the, the metaphor of that. Like if you're buying an artist catalog, and like yeah, but this, 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 and this. Right. That's like well, you can buy this house, but my uncle still gets to live in the basement. Correct. No, it starts to look more <laughs> like you're leasing the rights to the music yeah. rather than buying them. And ownership is a big deal, and that's why even though these deals are happening more and more frequently. Um, they're momentous, right? Because it you is. are truly handing over your life's work. And artists have big egos. Artists have control. A lot of them are control freaks. They really want to control their art and not allow people to pervert the meaning in any way. But they also want a lot of money. Yeah. So and, this and is the collision of those and two And that's things. the funny thing with this, too, with these, with these older artists like Bob Dylan, these people that came up in the 60s and 70s, is, you know, back then, the idea of an artist licensing their music for a, a commercial was seen as such a sellout, yes. pathetic thing. Like, people, fans used to judge artists. Now... Especially because they can't sell CDs and, you know, there's not physical media being sold. Yes. Nobody judges artists for doing commercials and... This is one of the biggest transformations of guys in Eric and I's generation. And here, here's the, watch the movie Reality Bites if you're out there. Yeah, Reality they were Bites sellouts. is sent, the central to the movie is the concept of selling out. And now yeah. it seems so quaint because it's no longer sort of uncool to sell the rights to things. No. You see Travis Scott doing McDonald's crossovers. Because Some artists that, now are like, again, they're not making money off of selling music. Right. Like not traditionally the way it used to be. They make money by licensing it to McDonald's. So get your money, get paid. That's right. Nobody, good for you. That element of but Gen it used X to be, is dead. And especially, but like for boomers, you know, like that whole, the hippie oh, generation sure. and fighting the man, like Bob Dylan was the protest song guy. Yes. And then to sell all of his, his life's work, but why not? Yes. <laughs> Even later, though, you, could you imagine a guy like Kurt Cobain doing a Burger King commercial? It's, 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 it's no. impossible to wrap your head around because they were so countercultural. They were saying, we're the voice of the disaffected. Yeah. We're, I'm smelly. I wear a sweater. <laughs> I'm smelly. And now it's like, and now it's just like, it's, it's cool. It's Get paid. cool to Get your go money. to McDonald's and buy a cactus burger. He loses no credibility. No, it, fact, it makes them, they, they look like status. savvy business people. It's, it's nuts. And so for young people, this is like, oh, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it ever be cool to like, yeah. sell? to McDonald's. To us, we're straddling these two generations where it's like, whoa, that's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird development. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I wanted to sort of lay that out, but we've given you a big sort of slug of information about yeah. contract law and I, I, I you know, Listen, this is a, these are the stories that like sort of really fascinate Eric and I, and we wanted to sort of share them with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Anyway, see you guys tomorrow. 